today is one of the best days ever so far because I finally got to hear the decision. I couldn't be live and checking my phone all the time because my shift starts at 6.30 and I, I woke up today like anxious and scared because today was one of those possible days that we were going to get the decision from the Supreme Court and then I got a text message from my mom saying, mija, no van a quitar el DACA. And when she said that on a message, I wanted to cry. This is another battle that we just won. And we're going for more. Our dreams. We're going to continue to fight. Because this is just the beginning. And I'm always gonna say love, say proud. I'm a dreamer for life. <laughs> now I'm ever gonna have a cup. Now I'm gonna be able to be really for a little bit. Knowing that the program is gonna stay in and they're not they're not gonna try to take it away. for everybody that's supporting me and every DACA recipient out there we did it we're visible and now they're gonna be able to see that we're human too that we are humans and our dreams matter and our contribution matter as well because this is just the beginning there's more to come for us hello everyone welcome back to vulnerable latina episode number six hoy empezamos este episodio with a video I did back in 2020. And this video was my reaction of the Supreme Court decision about DACA, June, about DACA in June of 2020. In this video, I had no intention in it for it to go as viral as it went, but I had the opportunity to go on a lot of interviews and speak on the topic, which is DACA. DACA is an executive order that President Barack Obama signed into action in, 2012, in 2012. And this Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals is a program that protects those who meet the requirements of the program and are eligible From It protects them from deportation and provides them with a two-year work authorization permit with the opportunity to renewal. But since our previous presidents, there has been multiple attacks towards the program DACA for it to be eliminated and for the benefits to completely vanish, not taken into account. A lot of pain and a lot of stress and a lot of a lot of mixture of emotions that is causing in, in a lot of people who are part of this program specifically me this program was established in 20 in 2012 and i started being part of this program in 2015 so quite a couple like two three years later after the program was signed into action and i have been 
able to renew it every two years in order for me to keep going to school, get better jobs, um, go to college, um, apply for um, credit cards, loans, or have a bank account, uh, thanks to DACA, get my driver's license. And to me, now that there has been a lot of um, a lot of attacks towards the program, it's really devastating that people in power don't take into account the narratives, the stories, the contribution that us undocumented uh, people who have been part of this program have done for this country. And to be eligible for this program, people have to be here in the U.S. prior to turning 16 years old and before June 15 of 2007 and be under the age of 31 as of June 15 of 2012 and be currently enrolled in school or have completed high school. Since I came, since I was six years old and I've been here, I got here when I was, when it was 2020, 2004. So I did fit into the criteria that they were asking. And honestly, I'm really thankful that my mom at that point where I did not meet the age yet where I I wanted to get a job, a better job. Because before I used to carry people's groceries uh, and put them in a bag in a little market where I used to live. And I didn't need it a social. I just went there and, and helped, you know, put the stuff that people would buy and from the marqueta. Y las se las ponía en la bolsa y la gente me daba coins or me daba dollars. Y ya yo lo juntaba para comprar comida, how I mentioned in previous episodes. Uh, porque en ese tiempo... Uh, mi papá ya había sido deportado y esa es otra historia que es muy larga, pero sí, soy yo para ayudar a mi mamá, yo me iba a la tienda y así. Ya cuando yo llegué a la high school es cuando yo quería trabajar y ya cuando fui a aplicar por algunos trabajos, uh, they would tell me que they didn't have anything available for me as, as uh, for me who did not have a social and then they explained to me why and the reason why was because I was undocumented and you know, um, like stores, specifically at the mall at that time, were not hiring anyone who did not have a social. <laughs> uh, so I, my mom saw that this program was into effect in 2015 because a friend at, at work told her and my sister as well, Karina, my older sister, also had, had heard about this program. So my ama uh, contacted this lawyer uh, they did my the lawyer told my mom about the requirements and my mom had to look for proof that I have been here since 2004 and that I was not 16 yet that I was actually six uh, so the whole process of gathering evidence that I was here since 2004 I remember that it was it was it was time consuming in a way because we had to go to my previous schools uh, back and forth to get my transcripts of since the moment I got here. Uh, then I had to gather as many pictures as I could that I took that I took here in the United States since I got here. So it was like since 2004, those pictures, anything. I had to gather anything that was evidence that I have been here since 2004 and that I was not 16. Uh, so we gathered that information. And back in the day, the check for... Um, for, that I have to pay for the application to the U.S. Department of Homeland Security was $465 back in the day in 2015. Lately, every time I've been renewing, now, 
I pay $495. And to me, every time I submit that renewal, I have to go get a biometrics. Uh, my fingers scanned um, my, so they can pull up my record, everything. Uh, and to me, that just every time I go, um, sometimes I feel dehumanized because let's say sometimes staff, it's not the most nicest or kindest. Uh, so I do feel like I am not seen as a person. And and when everything started, specifically in, in June of 2020, when everyone was waiting on the Supreme Court's decision regarding DACA, it was emotionally emotionally draining for me because my future is out of my control. I have no idea if I'm going to be able to keep enforcing my career, the careers that I went to college for, uh, keep applying for new jobs, have a driver's license, uh, build my credit, uh, you know, provide a better future for, for myself and for my, and for my mom. It, it, and it was just everything came together. And when I found out about the decision, I just, I was, I, I didn't see it right away because I was working at the time at a warehouse with my sister and I had to take my first 10 minute break. So I went to my car and I checked my phone and it was my mom's text message. Que me decía mi Daca se queda, esa fue la decisión. I started looking at the news um, and Instagram, all the posts that people were posting about DACA. And, uh, it, and I just, I just, it just happened naturally. I just put the phone on, on recording and recorded the video of me and how I felt because that, that meant that the program was going to stay. And I hope that, you know, new applicants were able to apply. But at the time, even now, that's on the limbo. Uh, but for me, just as being part of the program already and having at least, you know, more time to be part of the program and for the program to stay a little longer meant a lot to me. And that's why I recorded that video. And I did not expect that a lot of the undocumented community felt the same way as I did because I thought I was alone in my feelings. I thought that maybe I was overreacting. I thought that, that my feelings were not valid. But the moment that I did that and I posted that video. I didn't really care, honestly, uh, if my followers were going to get mad, which were just my friends. Um, I didn't care any. I didn't care anymore about what others thought because it was just like I needed to say what needed to be said from my perspective and, and from my community because I needed to step out of the shadows. I needed to speak my truth. I needed to use my voice because that's my only power, the only power that I get to defend myself and the immigrant community. Uh, because there's so many undocumented people in this country that, you know, are afraid. And, and I get that. And I get that because the punishments are crucial towards us if we step out of line, you know. And to me, just being so much, you know, keeping it to myself really hurt my feelings or hurt my emotions. Because I, I, I couldn't take it anymore. And I just started speaking my truth. I started writing because that's how I am able to journal all my emotions. And I started just using social media on that and seeing that it, that my message got, got to people that have no idea who I am, you know, and that it related to them and that they connected to it and that they shared it with other people, educating their own audience about 
what this program does for people like me, people who are undocumented, people who are part of the program. And when that video happened, it was it was amazing and it was scary at the same time because with, you know, using your power, my voice, um, came a lot of hate, a lot of hate towards me and it did affect a little bit my mental health because I would I I'd stop looking at my messages because there was at at beginning it it was because there were so many and I couldn't get through all of them and I just couldn't reply to all of them. Uh but at the same time I stopped looking at them as well because I got a lot of hate uh by, you know, people who don't have who are anti immigrants who who don't see the human the dehumanization of us undocumented people uh you know they just started throwing me hate you know a lot of hurtful stuff a lot of death threats and I just stopped looking at that and and just you know just kept speaking my truth and just reply to kind comments and and people who would repost my stories and people I had people reach out to me sharing their own story and that was the most powerful thing I have ever experienced. Being able to connect people that live in different states, being able to build that rapport with people that have never met me in person, people who have no idea, you know, you know, kind of like me in person, you know, physically. Uh, so I'll, that, that has been the most powerful experience I've ever had. That by the people feeling you know, feeling that trust to trust me with their own story. And, and, and I had um, a lot of, a couple of high schoolers also reach out to me saying that they wanted to use my video and some of my quotes and kind of like what else I had to say about DACA and about my experience as an undocumented person in their um, high school paper that they had to turn in for their English class. So just doing that and being part of that process honestly has been super powerful to me because it has taught me that being undocumented is not all that I am. Being undocumented, being undocumented and being a person and being a student and being a daughter, it all complements me, a person, me, Emiliana, the person that I am today. And that this fight and that this advocacy is not just for myself, but it's for the younger generation that don't understand or they're trying to understand and they're and that they're navigating their own process towards this system that was not built for us you know and and just having that kind of like displaying that trust to, to them that they can counter me and and that I can share any resource that I can on my platforms has been the greatest the greatest experience to me because I went through it alone I had no idea what I was doing I was scared I was in the shadows uh, I, you know, I was scared, you know, that I will fit in that category that, you know, people in power have of us immigrants. And obviously because of the previous uh, president, things got really intense, specifically with, you know, DACA and it, and the rest of the immigrant community. And yeah, that I just wanted to share this because, again, I feel uh, two weeks ago, uh, another podcast um, reached out to me to ask for my consent to use my video for their show and I said yes of course you can use my video because if I can educate someone or I can or I can advocate for my community through that video you know go for it because the more people that know about DACA the more people that know how we feel those who are part of the program the more that people are hearing this 
the more support you know we're able to get towards the program because I feel super privileged and super grateful that I was able to be that I'm able to be part of this program but you know there's still a lot more undocumented people that fit in this category that that you know this 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 program they they meet the requirements but aren't able to because of all these attacks towards the program that now has you know has caused a, a, a freeze for new applicants to apply now the only thing that we can do is just renew for those who are already part of the program but those who want to apply for the first time cannot do it anymore because of all these attacks that the program has and and I, I, you know, it's really scary to feel that you have no clear path to what kind of future you have. And I wanted to dedicate this this podcast and this episode to all the DACA recipients out there and to all the undocumented students who are not part of DACA that we are, you know, we are a community and that we are here to support each other because going through this whole process and through this whole journey alone can be really emotionally and mentally draining specifically for me because I did not know how to cope with all the hate and that I was going that I was receiving because of that video that I in a way went back into my cocoon for a couple months and just kind of like disappeared out of social media but then when I you know came back home to myself and to the reason why I was doing it which was for the new generations that that were you know that are advocating for the community and they want change I went back out of my cocoon and started to share more about my thoughts and what I had to say because it's important um, to share the narratives of people who are part of the program and people who are not part of the program because they're part of this community the immigrant community and this summer I have to um, look into organizations that um, and I have done this in the past too where if I know of um, like organizations like Chirla who are nonprofit or United We Dream or other organizations I shared it as well on social media of those who want to renew and these nonprofits have like funding extra funding aside for the renewal fees because it is a bit pricey and every person is going through a different financial situation. So I'm gonna start looking through that as well and then as I look through them and as I find them I'll also share them there as well for people to you know make their appointment get the renewals done because we have no ideas of now what's going to happen with the program right now is in the texas court uh you know and, and it's a really stressful situation where we do not know where we stand but as long as we know that we're humans and that our and that our emotions are valid our thoughts everything is valid because we're humans like the person next to you like i said um you know we're not here to steal we're not here to commit crimes we're here to work and we're here to keep contributing to a place that we call our home because that's all we know uh specifically i've been here since i was six years old and the nice is all i know and this is an episode specifically for daca and for that and for that girl who did that video in June of 2020, who did not expect um, to reach the amount of audience she did. And that, that and I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to that video and who saw it and who shared it. Thank you. And thank you for giving me, emp- and powerful, giving me powerful experiences 
of being able to connect with a lot more people and educate them about DACA and talk about the topic and get it out there as much as I can. Thank you so much. Y para los que los que sigan teniendo preguntas, me pueden preguntar a mí, mandar mensajes, mensajes por el, el Instagram del podcast at Vulnerable Latina y hay que hay que tener hope, hay que tener fe, eso que eso que dice mi mamá, la fe, la fe hay que tenerla porque uno nunca sabe, um, a ver qué pasa con el programa y les quería decir que tómenselo con calma, um, traten de distraerse también para no, don't think about it too much because it can affect your daily life. A uh, mí, what I try to do now, um, sometimes when I feel really insecure, when I see the news outlets of like, oh, DACA's in the limbo, DACA's in the limbo now, and And I used to before used to watch, I used to scroll down the news a lot and like get myself really invested. Que a veces me afectaba, que I was like, I, I, you know, I'm not worth it. I don't deserve what I've accomplished so far because I have all these people saying that, you know, undocumented immigrant people don't deserve what they have, that everything is under, you know, I get those feelings. But then luego me acuerdo, I said, no, like, dude, I didn't get anything because it was for free. I got everything because I worked my ass for it, you know, and I got that job positions because. I got it and I and I you know I did pretty good on it and you know and I got hired. Uh pero no toda la gente es así, so prosigo hay que hacer, you know, una rutina a mí también a veces like I now I started doing something new. I started doing indoor cycling, I started doing Pilates because I need to learn how to be how to be present and not think about my future a lot and my uncertainty and those two things have honestly helped me and that's what I want to tell you guys to look for outlets that will help you cope and 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 get through this difficult process and I know that we that we all have to experience with DACA and 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 you know it, it'll be a road and we're all in this together y muchas gracias por escucharme otra vez uh, que tengan un buen día un buen fin de semana es lunes hay que empezar la semana con toda la actitud del mundo. Um, like I said again, you all can follow the the podcast Instagram at Vulnerable Latina and stay tuned for episode seven next week. Uh, que se la pasen bien, uh, relájense and do a check in. Always, please check in with you. Um, assess what's going on and I can disfrutar la vida because life is honestly too short and. Use your voice, use your power. Everyone has some kind of power. If it's not your voice, it could be creative ways that you can show what you're really passionate about and and all your emotions are valid. Speak your truth. Porque that phrase of Cayeta te ves más bonita. Mm-mm. We're not going to do that anymore. We got to break that stigma, uh, that stereotype. Ese, ese, ese dicho. So, yeah, hagan los que, lo que ustedes les dicte su corazón. <laughs>